All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Freaking Timers podcast show where we discuss all things Manchester United. And in this show, we have plenty of news to talk about. Um, and with me, I have Lee. How you doing, mate? What's going on? We got a big one today. Imagine that. I know. Finally, a good win. This is uh, this show will be in the recordings after the Brentford game. So, <laughs> yeah, we beat, we beat Bradford. Come on. I know. We finally won the game. It feels like forever. And then it's aggressive, too. Yes, exactly. We're going to be talking about that. And then also with me, I have my co host, Damien. How you doing, brother? How you doing, mate? You okay? Hey, could be better. Could be better. Just happy that we finally got the win today. And in this show, guys, for Fergie Timers, we're going to be discussing about the last three results, which we have lost against Arsenal 3-1, follow-on a 1-1 draw at home against Chelsea, and then recent one, which is today in the recordings of this show, was a 3-0 victory against Brentford. Also, we're going to be talking about Ralph Ragnick, and he has been announced as a new Austrian manager as well as we're going to be discussing Matt Judge, who is the chief of negotiations for Manchester United, has resigned his role and responsibilities within that post. So um, let's talk things first. The last three results, uh, the Arsenal, Chelsea, and Brentford game, uh, give us a take on it. Uh, Jamie, we're going to start off with you, mate. Um, obviously, the last show we discussed after the Liverpool game, um, tell us about the last – three games that we just played. Any improvements? Same old, same old. What do you think of it, mate? Um, well, other than today, I think it was quite poor, both games, to be fair. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but again, it's the same scenario what I've seen to be seen time and time again. Certain players not pulling away. Other players mm-hmm. looking like they're already on holiday. Just very, very lacklustre. Um, and then today, Missionist Rashford, um, which the Missionist Sancho, um, and I know it's what it's not. I know it's not Chelsea. It's not Arsenal. It's Brentford. Um, but a significant improvement. A significant improvement in team spirit. A significant improvement in togetherness. Um, I, I don't no know idea you guys, why, but <laughs> well, <laughs> at some point you've got to ask the question, aren't you? I mean. It's, they're two huge players for United, but also two huge egos. Now, I, I think Sancho's been probably one of the better players over the last five games. So I was pretty shocked that he didn't play today, but I thought Alanga was great. Um, I thought Matic was was rolling back the years, actually, today. Um, and I thought Matic was all right in the Chelsea game as well. Um, so it's a shame that... I, you know, at the start of the season, I'd say that he'd been there too long. But after today, I, I don't know, I hate myself for saying this, but maybe another year might not have been a too bad just to bridge the gap in games like Brentford and Crystal Palace and, you know, games that aren't high tempo. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I yeah. agree because um, we also used to criticise matches a lot. I feel like we got him too late. We had one good season in the beginning of him, and then seems to me the game passes him by a lot. But he's been pretty uh, an important figure within the team, especially since we're light in midfield. Lee, what do you think of it, man? The last three performances, especially with Matage. Any players you see improving, or what do you think? Um, I was just going to go back to the Arsenal match, which I didn't get out of bed to watch. 
uh, I actually tied one. one on and yeah, <laughs> I tied one on and then didn't wake up in time. Um, but I did, uh, you don't get the full gist of the, uh, of what exactly happened when you watch the condensed match and everything, but, uh, there was some, some, uh, a couple penalties that should have been given and weren't. And, um, from what I watched in that match, it kind of seemed like there was some fight in them. Uh, they did run a little bit, but just not enough. Um, the Chelsea match. I mean, Chile look like Chelsea lately. They just been, I mean, they, they're going through a lot there. So like they would have been, uh, having been beaten by Everton, uh, on Sunday, yeah. uh, you know, and then that would have been a match that, you know, you, you would have liked to have seen them when, when they're reeling and take advantage of that. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, watching today was pretty refreshing and interesting. I and mean, Brentford really didn't have anything for us. So there was never any, there was maybe one, uh, one five minute span just after the half. Had the one player and Ericsson. Yeah. Causing us problems. Yeah. Yeah. We should get him on a free. We were taught, we were in the chat and it's been like a big rumor and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Juan Mata's last, uh, match at uh old trafford i think maybe that was uh just like a you know a swan song see the fans yeah. off but then again we don't have the, the players to uh put on the pitch so i guess it came down to him oh yeah um i thought maddox was good today he always is uh there was a lot of uh one touch and and uh, jumping them on the the transition that i like you know and uh you know, the faces weren't as long, and I watched uh, Fernandez tell people to fuck off like nine times, and I like that. He was <laughs> mad at everybody today. Good you finish, know, what I was just gonna, was great for me. What I'd just like to, just a little bit of technical and uh, discuss it with you. Um, I don't know whether you noticed that whether today they looked a lot more balanced um, than they did against, I think it was Chelsea. Now, there's a, there's a thing where I hate to just rag on Rashford. And again, I just want to reiterate the fact that I do think he's, a, he's you know, his potential are fantastic and probably one of the most able players in the team. He was playing out wide with Ronaldo in the middle. So he was playing wide left and Tellers was at left back. Um, and what he seemed to be doing was dragging himself into the middle continuously. Now, I don't know whether that was through um, in wanting to be a centre-forward. I don't know whether that was it was through, uh, I don't know, you know, like some unconscious thing in his mind. I don't know why it was. But, what it was, but there are photographs circulating on the internet of Ronaldo constantly pointing to him to go wide left, you know, stay in your position, stay in your position. And what I was doing was, because he was drifted inside, he was leaving a huge hole, um, and Tellers was sort of like, so Tellers was pushing on forward. And then, say we were to lose the ball in transition, Marcus Rashford wasn't tracking back mm. because there was because he was at the centre rather than left. So then Tellers mm -hmm. had pushed on. So it left a huge hole in the back. Mm -hmm. And obviously, with Rashford not playing today, um, yeah, you know, the, 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 the wide right and the wide left players weren't pushing it they weren't they were sticking to the positions that they were meant to like hugging the touchline i don't know what the thing is with rash during that game but 
Very frustrating. Yeah, it showed a complete lack of balance in the team and it left people, you know, flat-footed. Like, Tellers was running all up and down the pitch and I think he looked improved today, having that support from the wingers. I don't know if you noticed that, to be honest. Yeah. Didn't give him much of a chance, but I do. I do see what you're talking about. Um, because they always double almost, up. Um, my bad. Because they, I see what no, you mean. Ahead. Because they, they always double up onto the wingbacks, and that's why they always. You can see even when we try to attack, you see the opposition's um, side, whoever's covering the wingbacks, uh, you know, help out the right backs and the left backs. And I just felt like against the Chelsea game, even though you know me, I don't rate Tellers, but I felt like we kind of left them out to dry. And it felt good that this game against Brentford, he had some cover. Yeah, you could see definitely see the difference. You know, he's not as exposed. I mean, you, yeah, if I'm going to play my neck out here, will you support well, me? That sort of thing. And I don't think there was a lot of that going on a lot of the season. Uh, it, mm. it would appear today from what we saw that like the fear was gone. The fear that if I take this chance, that if I play, that if I play with some, you know, if I play with some. Uh, to take some risks, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like they were going to get uh, jumped. They, they weren't going to get jumped today. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. I'm not noticing yeah, that. So, you are right. Yeah. yeah. And then they didn't, they didn't have like Reese James ripping your lungs out all afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> there was 100%. nobody threatening you today, except Erickson, like you said, Chris, who's, yeah. uh, I think he's pretty yeah. good. Good story too. Good to see yeah, him back. Great, and all. Great quality, um, Ronaldo man. was, I would say today Ronaldo was outer worldly. I hope that um, wasn't his last uh, appearance at Little Trafford as a, a Red Devil. I, I really sincerely, uh, I've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, the rumors have started, but they haven't gone full blown yet. And uh, you know that most of that's all bullshit, anyways. I think he would like to try and as as. Um, sort of his his uh again swan song for you know his career it's rounding down i think he would like to be part of some sort of success at at united because you know i mean he came from uh, portugal there but he'd like to think that he would like to um kind of be part of whatever this uh the new regime or possible new success or even having a hand in building you know you've seen him be very uh very um with the after they score or when someone does something well oh, yeah. he's, been, he's been a little more even and he's I very much a team him, team enthusiast yes, isn't he? so he ab- seems to absolutely. be which i think they, as much team spirit as possible yeah they yeah. need to put they need to put the armband on him like yeah you know i haven't missed mcguire at all yeah have, well, him the, the, and the, the, bruno yeah. vice captain um yeah definitely but for me I with mean, ronaldo um and like I said, this a lot. I mean, because of what has happened in the in the beginning of January and so forth, the fairy tale sounded beautiful um, at the end. And I did say in the beginning that we should be looking forward to moving on Ronaldo. Um, maybe whether that's next year, but we had to get in a new striker because we all know he has a year left and he's not gonna be there long term for um, Ronaldo. But you know, who knows if he keeps this up and um, ten, especially if Ten Hag wants to get him in his team and get him in the system, uh, whatever formation or style of play Ten Hag wants to play. I feel like it's important for Ronaldo to still be an influence of whoever, whichever player comes in, um, whether it be a striker or other players around the field. I don't know what you guys think. 
Um, I mean, to, to put a little bit of a spin on it, the Glazers are not going to want Ronaldo to leave because Ronaldo is a merchandise machine. So yeah, the longer right. Ronaldo stays there, um, the more they can market the fuck out of him. I'm now, just, with the Europa League, though, I don't know. I, 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 I would never imagine Ronaldo playing the league. Um, I don't know what you guys think. That way he's, for me, he's getting it. He's no, getting an enormous right. wage, isn't he? He's getting an absolutely enormous wage. No one else is going to pay him the same. So and yeah, he still gets no. to play in the Premier League. So he goes anywhere else. It's a lesser league. And it, it, I think it comes down to his personal choice. But I think if 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 it was down to the manager and the and the and the Glazers turned around and said to the manager, we would like you to keep him. <sighs> Why would you not? And he's happy to stay. He's a top player. You've seen that. He scored 18 goals this year. He scored more than most Premier League strikers. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, under, under 36 years old. Extreme duress. Exactly. So imagine yeah. what he could do with a team where, well, where a team oh. that was a real team, you know, with better players and better system. Oh, yeah. Sorry, there is a slight delay. I don't mean to speak over you guys. Yes, if you've if, if you've noticed, could you imagine? I, I was going through some scenarios because we, we get into talking about the same things. Who's not doing their job? And I thought about it. You know, like if they could once they take today for instance, when they had a goal cushion and when they had a two goal cushion, the game opens up. Could you imagine if they'd been kind of clicking the way they were in the first three, four, or five games of the season with him? If that had kind of continued, and there was always the forward momentum. And you could pin teams back and teams would have to have opened up what a guy like him would have been able to do. Yeah. And then you also, it just, he could have even, he could have put up even more numbers. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I I said, I feel like we fail right now though a little bit, not providing him the service. Did you see, uh, was it Mitrovic? Did he score? He scored forty-three goals this year. Oh, I don't know. In, uh, oh, in oh, yeah, Fulham, for Fulham, right? yeah. For Fulham, yeah, I, I just I saw it a few minutes ago. And I was like, Jesus, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's incredible. He'll probably yeah. be able to do about half of that coming up next year. But I, I just wanted to talk about that. They're not going to let him go if anybody comes looking. But yeah, I, I mean, I think he like the ceiling. I think that he's he's too good for that league, but probably not good enough for the Premier League, which yeah. is pretty amazing. Can, Pretty amazing considering Ronaldo's 36 played in a shit United team and scored 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, He'll possibly hit 20 again as well. He could possibly, possibly hit 20, I think. And mm. it's crazy that, you know, we're still in the conversation of people still saying he's a problem. Set of four that scores nearly 20 goals is not a problem. Any team in the league would love that. He's probably scored more goals on the car Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, mate. Right? Yeah, realish. Spending all that money, yeah. Scored more as he scored more goals than Harry Kane, and maybe not, but it's quite close. And Harry Kane's probably the most prolific set of forward in the league. And Harry Kane's 28, not 36. (laughs) So (laughs) he needs to be be keeping the best players, mate. So I would definitely keep him. It's a matter of perspective, right? Yeah, so he needs to leave, and we're supposed to. And we're supposed to go out and get the likes of Darwin Nunez or anybody else that they're talking about. Um, and I know the goal is in future to build the team. Um, I don't think he's making or subtracting him is positive. No, right? definitely not. I just think that you have 
one of the best players who is still probably playing at 75% effectiveness. He's, he's good for a goal with the ball at his feet. He, I mean, we're talking about Brentford again, but with the ball at his feet today, he, he was cheeky today. Little, 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 uh, kick, like little cheeky kicks, a little one touch passes. And, um, I don't think good. that. Yeah, he was I, yeah, I, I, probably man of the match. I would think unless mm-hmm. I'm wrong. We didn't even no, talk no, about my, my, my boy Varen finally uh, yeah, scored. netting yeah. and not getting it called back. Um, I yeah. don't think letting Ronaldo go would be like, – I, I think it would be an extremely negative thing for the squad because he's arguably top three, top five footballers to ever live. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the kids would – I think – kids with their heads on straight who would want to see someone you know pattern themselves after someone who works so hard do you not think it really it it sets the bar for all the young players so we keep talking about bringing young players through keep talking about you know let's let's see these under 23s let's see Hannibal let's see more of Alanga you know if you've got like like you say arguably one of the greatest players to ever kick a ball there is that not the standard you want to be showing these young kids is that you know we don't want to show them the standard of Jesse Lingard. We or want Rashford. to be showing the standard. Uh, yeah, we want to be showing the standard of Ronaldo because this is this is what is expected at the club. All right, maybe you're not going to be the greatest player that's ever lived, but if you can try your best to emulate that, then I don't think you're going to fall short at Old Trafford. You know, I feel like it's, it was probably a ridiculous move to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, Got to be, and I always say you've got to keep your best players. That's what I always say. Apple is the wrong move with Spurs. They always sell all the best players, and that's why they never win anything. So you've got to practice what you preach, and I think he's still the best player at the club. So you've got to keep your best players if you intend to win anything. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on, Jimmy. Spot on. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I know we talk about this particular individual a lot in this show, but I think today was very evident of what. Ralph Ragnick thinks of him and then of course Ten Hag is going to get Ragnick's opinion on each of these individual players uh, so that way he could determine who he wants to keep who he wants them to leave uh, whenever Ten Hag comes in of course uh, Rashford uh, he was dropped again uh, for Juan Mata right because everybody else against Chelsea was pretty much the same starting 11 apart from Rashford uh, what does that really tell you of what Ralph Wynick thinks? And do you think Rashford has a future in this football club? I I think I did a banner in my WhatsApp group uh, with the, uh, the homie Chino and Brush and everybody. I said, um, and I, I hope I doesn't sound disrespectful, but looking at what Rashford has done this season is kind of looking that way as the next Deli Alley. You know, Deli Alley, who came up from AK Dons, was a oh, big Donny. And then he has just <sighs> down tools out of nowhere. But I think, that I don't is a know. Burn. That is a fucking burn. That's what I said. That's what I said. For every Rashford lover, I'm sorry. I'm not saying he is going to, he is the next Deli Alley. I'm just saying if he continues like this, he will be the next Deli Alley. Um, I see your point, Chris. Yeah. I think it's an excellent comparison, to be honest. An absolutely yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. comparison. Yeah. Where's Deli Alley now? And Everton, can't even get in the Everton. Everton. Can I get in the side? Can't get in the side, mate. Not even on the Probably bench. Probably good for them, not that he did, or good mm-hmm. for them that he doesn't get into the side because he offers yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. And you see how popular Deli Ali was. 
like twenty yeah, goals yeah. in his first in his first full season, uh, second season. English international, English. like yeah. he was a big deal. I remember him being a big deal. I did take my eyes off of football for a few years. Mm. I got busy being a big dad yeah. and all that. Yeah, but he was a very big deal. Same yeah, was a big deal. Same reversal was the big deal, and now look how very, he came again the England team. The very, very thing happened fucking quickly. I can't believe how quickly that went uh, tits up for him. Oh yeah. Well, um, I know I touched on it earlier, um, but I seen this thing on Twitter saying it was like a video compilation. Now, a video compilation can make anyone look good. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Even myself. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was still, it was still like, uh, it still resonated. So it was old videos of Rashford before we got his honorary knighthood, you know, for uh, the school dinners thing. Um, just, just didn't, just if there's any people in America who don't understand what he did for the school dinners, basically what he did was um, the government was trying to cut public school funding um, for. Well, public schools. So essentially, what they were doing was looking at chopping subsidized dinners for people um, who can't afford to buy, pay for dinners. So the government would give those people who are low incomes money um, so their children could eat dinners. Uh, and the government was cutting, get rid of that. Anyway, he was sort of like um, a big advocate for it not to happen. Um, and he said that at the time when he was growing up, he was in a position where. He got governments, his mum got government grants for school dinners. And it was a big thing in the country. It was huge. In fact, he would become the England darling, even with other fans from other teams. Um, and to be fair to him, it is a fantastic cause. Um, and he is a great advocate for that. Um, and he was given an honorary knighthood, um, an honorary degree, I think it was, actually. Um, and um, since then, it seems that if you, if you, I mean, if the video is right, his, his form has just seemed to tumble. Um, and then I was out drinking on Saturday night um, with, a, no. with a few. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and nice. it, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, with a few different fans, so there was a Spurs fan there and a Leeds fan, um, two Liverpool fans, uh, an Inverness fan. And one of the Liverpool fans said something. He said he just he was just talking about football. And obviously they were reveling in our downfall, as you can expect. Um, but one of his points was, uh, what's happened to Rashford since he's got that knighthood or since he's got that degree? Um, and I didn't really have anything to say. And he said, I watched him the other week and he lost the ball. He said, and he lost the ball and then he just turned his back on his teammates and shrugged his shoulders. And I thought, that 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 is... Uh, Serious, but I had, I had nothing to say. I had no comeback. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just thought it was amazing how they, our, our opposing fans, have noticed it. So it's not just United fans getting on his back because he's playing badly. It's opposing fans have noticed that his body language, his body language is really poor. Yeah, guy, it's worse. Really cool. Because Rashford yeah. used to chase back the ball even if he lost. Definitely, and run like a blue ass fly now. He turns exactly. his back on it, or sometimes he doesn't even run. He doesn't even run, mate. Yeah, and I think mm -hmm. you know a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's just fans on his back," and you know people are easy to turn on him, and people are saying, "Get rid of him." And do I think we should sell him? No. Um, do I think he needs to have a long talk with himself and a long talk with the new manager? Then definitely. I mean, I think if you can get the best out of Rashford, 
I think he's a fantastic asset, a brilliant player to have in your front three. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to continue down this, you, I think you're absolutely bang on. It is Deli Alley number two. Mm. Yeah, it's and it sounds harsh. Uh, it does sound harsh, yeah, but I just think you, it doesn't. I, I don't see any other way. I mean, I, you could compare him to Danny Welbeck by saying, oh, you know, his career is going to go down, you know, but I think he's so much better than Danny Welbeck. I think he offers so much more. I think he's a miles better than footballer. Um, but it's no good if his head's not in it. No, you're, uh, I, just, I agree. Uh, what do you think, Lee? It, uh, I have said uh, on the show before that I was – I remember at the beginning of the year, obviously he had the surgery and I was like, wow, we're like, once he gets here, we're loaded. Like there's almost mm-hmm. give it at the, I can remember having a, he who will not be uh, mentioned Mason Greenwood. Um, we had this issue where we were having trouble fitting certain players into the lineup with any regularity. And I was thinking, well, I can't wait till Rashford comes back. It's going to be on. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. Yeah. And uh, it quickly went from like, okay, well, let's just give him some time. And then once the the whole general collapse started to happen, like, I don't know if it was about leadership. Uh, I had made the point before. um, You never know what what could be going on in a player's life outside of the game. You got a marital problem if you're trying to conceive with your wife and you can't or you know, she's going to ditch you or, oh, well, you never know. Like it could be the death of a parent, the death of a sibling. You can have a lot of personal things go on in your life that can affect you. Um, I thought, oh shit, what if it's that, you know? And it just, it just seemed as if it got worse and worse and worse to the point now, like, was he just, was he not even in, in the, on the bench today? I, I didn't get a chance to, uh, wasn't to look used. at it. I just, was he wasn't, yeah, used. he wasn't, he was yeah, don't even dress. Mm. Uh, that's that's pretty yeah. damning when there's three games left of the season. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I thought that as well. No, I, yeah. I, I think uh, that all needed to tell me what Ralph thinks of him. If, if he gets not only that he gets dropped, but for Juan Mata, <laughs> I, I, I just it's worrying for, for his career at United right now. Well, it was, uh, he, he, he played Juan Mata for sorry, James. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're right. He, he played one matter out of position. <laughs> I know, know I mean? exactly, yeah. out of position. <laughs> now, I know Matt has come on a few times this year, and he started, what, versus Young Boys? So that's like yeah. one start all year in the Champions League. In like the, it, That was the throwaway game going into the second round, right? So yeah, that's sudden, right. Yeah. You know, we're, we're struggling for sixth or seventh or eighth or whatever the hell it's going to be. Um. Yeah, I'm on Matt all of a sudden. I was also, and then I it clicked for me once Matt was coming off. That's that's their farewell. Yeah, and uh, I was like, would Matt have started? It seems very vindictive if he parked Rashford's ass in the press box, for lack of a better term, <laughs> and put put Matt on in his place. But, but nevertheless, yeah, yeah. Um, as Warren, it might because. Players who aren't playing well. Should oh be yeah, dropped. you're right. Yeah, yeah so it says you know, a lot. I think. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Sancho had what tonsillitis and is just kind of recovering. Is that the idea? That's why he wasn't anywhere near. Fit yeah. 
they were hoping he said he was like partially ill recovering from some type of some type of illness i'm not too sure with the sancho thing mcguire picked up a little injury um so we like i said we don't know uh but either way as well like getting dropped uh for a person who's leaving the club in a couple weeks and playing them mm-hmm. out of position um it tells me a lot and uh last question <laughs> it's for pretty you guys. wild yeah my bad yeah it is it is it is wild um and with, uh, when Ten Hag comes in, do you think Ten Hag is just going to have a long, long conversation with Rashford or uh, give him, is he going to give him a clean slate? Hey, give you a couple games and then we'll see. Or, or, or hey, son, I'm going to send you out alone or I'm going to sell you. Um, Lee, let me get your input on that. Well, I think we'd have to think in terms of what would his value be to other teams. I know uh, any team in the world. Um, I know Arsenal apparently have been sniffing around in Barcelona, but then there's a rumor that Barcelona wants Maguire. So that's pretty wild talk. Anyways, I would imagine that um, from what I know and what's been said about Ten Hag is he's pretty personable with the players. Uh, He's going to have to, I'd imagine he's going to have it out with every single one of them uh, that doesn't get, that isn't already earmarked for loan or sale or leaving on their own. Um, I would, I would hate to get rid of Rashford. Um, I mean, I I saw a a pundit the other day say everyone's entitled to a bad season and like, could it get any worse? Um, There's a winter transfer window next year too. And maybe a fresh start, a summer off there's no international tournament this year he's not going to get a sniff in any friendlies internationally i don't think um maybe maybe you know some time to get his head straight and they could see what what goes on at the beginning of the next season I, ten hogs probably going to be pretty pretty a lot of a lot of conversations like what do you want you know what do you want from the team what do you see as your future you know and with uh, such a short-term interim label um, on on Ragnick. Like, could some of this been the way some of the players sort of uh, down tools and just started to shit the bed and, and, and everything became such a mess? Could that have been a case where, oh, we just don't like this guy and he's going to be gone after this year, so we're just going to fuck around, for lack of a better term? Like, could that have been it? Yeah. Um, it just... I'd hate, I'd, I'd hate to, uh, as dominant as he's been in past, I'd hate to see him end up down the road somewhere in England or somewhere in Europe and, and, and return to form. Um, mm. But I, I, I kind of have a feeling that he is capable of being the player he was almost once again almost completely the player that he was i i can't see him just being done he's 24 or 26 24 going on 25 oh my god i don't even remember being 24 but um yeah. i i would think that he's he should he should be right now prime like he's a man now he, uh, he should you know? he should be he should be but um yeah. at the same time you know when situations like what has happened today and not even being used um, they always been you always hear the stuff like like you know Ragnick has been part of the main reason why or has um, the board listened to Ragnick on getting Ten Hag. We all know how Ten Hag is, 
we are everybody in Manchester United fan base kind of saw what he did to Noah Lang. If, if, if people don't know who Noah Lang was, I met, I saw the guy um, when he 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 plays for he was all alone I think from at Club Rouge, which is a club in Belgium, uh, which is a pretty decent player. A click came out saying, um, you know, basically Ten Hag was going at Noah Lang saying, hey, you have to play for the team. It's not only about you, play for the team. Um, he didn't listen, obviously, and then Noah Lang went on loan. Um, if Rashford continues like this, and I, I already think, and Jamie, I'm gonna get your opinion on this. I feel like Radnick is already is already telling Ten Hag, hey, this is what you're gonna expect from Rashford. This is how Rashford performed on the meet. Be careful. If you want him in your team, fair enough, but you have to speak to the individual. Uh, what do you think is gonna happen, Jamie? Between those, uh, yeah, I think you. I think you're fully right, mate. I think Ragnick will have probably a dossier on certain players that, he, that Ten Hag will probably already have received. Hmm. Ten Hag will probably be watching the games since, you know, so he loves, I won't be surprised if he's seen the Chelsea display and he's seen his body language. Hmm. Um, I think he'll have a conversation, maybe two or three. Um, he could be even be having the conversations over the telephone now, you don't know. Yeah. Um, I think... If he can get him back on side, which is quite possible, having, like I say, be a brilliant asset. What I do think will be a problem for Ragnick is Rashford will command quite a high fee because of his age and because of his profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't see the clubs who will be able to afford him taking the risk on Rashford. Yeah. I just, so I think we might be in a position where we've got like a, the, the Martial syndrome where. He's on a huge wage because I know Rashford's on a very, very high wage. He's on like two hundred and some thousand pound a week. Yeah. Um, who, who's going to pay that for a striker who scores eleven goals? Plus you get Cavani. You get exactly. They're going to want fifty, sixty, maybe even hundred million for him, aren't they? From a guy who's not even so, on form. Yeah. He, I, th- I think he'll probably give him. He'll they'll sit down and have a talk. He'll give him a pre-season. If I think, like you say, if he's Body language is still not there. Might put him on the bench, maybe give him one or two games, give him the odd cup game. And if it's still not there, I think he might end up going out on loan. What's, uh, what's the time frame left on his contract? Either of you know? Uh, 2023 with the option of another year. Ooh. All right. Okay. So I think no, 2024. I believe it's either uh, 2024 with an option of a year. Um, so I, I think it is coming close. So. Boys, that's a spicy meatball right there. Mm, it is, yeah. But honestly, I but don't like you mean... said, man, uh, the, that weekly. Sorry, uh, coming in late there. Uh, the weekly wage thing is that's rough. You got yeah, two hundred yeah. plus, and that's oh. why Martial's not gone. Uh, yeah, we got, that's we... why he. That's why he was loaned, and we're gonna be stuck with him. Uh, we got, uh, we got, uh, and there's a person responsible for it. But that let's just save that for that, guys. Um, oh. I, and yeah, we we we're gonna move on to Ralph Ragnick because he has been announced as the new manager of Austria. Um, so he is gonna have his influence and be a consultant for Manchester United director, uh, the board of directors over there with John Murta and Darren Fletcher. Uh, what did you guys make of it, uh, Jamie? Let me start off with you. Did you feel like, did you feel disappointed? Did you feel like there's no change? Uh, what did you make of Ralph Randall taking the job while still being an interim? Uh, did you feel we could have used them for bigger for a bigger role in Manchester United? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
it could go there's a lot of negativity about saying why are we allowing him to do another job when he's consulting for us you know like why why are we allowing him to do anything other than concentrate on our club um, I sort of slightly agree with that because we're in quite a messy situation so I think it does require quite a lot of attention um, I agree and I do think the Austrian job um, is a big job I know that an international manager doesn't have as many games as a, a club manager um, but nevertheless they still got to watch players and watch games and you know, try and come up with a system and there's still coaching and things involved like that. So it's still an intensive yeah. job. Um, I'm sort of caught in the middle because I also think it could be really good for signing potential youth players and potential undiscovered talent. So yeah. if he sees a young Austrian player or if he's out watching Austria versus, um, I don't know, Bulgaria... You know, because you have to watch so many of these international matches. If he's consulting for us, I'm, I'm assuming he would provide us with details on these players. You know, or any young talent that he sees coming through the Austrian national team. So I think that there is a plus there. I mean, I ain't ever seen it before, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard of someone being a director of football and managing an international team. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really want to commit on it. I think it's a suck it and see. Yeah. The way the, yeah, the way Man United go are going at the moment is probably going to fucking end in tears, isn't it? But yeah, I don't, <laughs> little, I don't know, man. Little, don't know. yeah. That's the thing as well. Like we got to see what happens, and even then, uh, yes, there's not that much games, uh, within the Austrian within international football either way, um, especially because Austria are not in the World Cup, so they're just going to be playing friendlies until the Euros, but I think also Ryland has to watch out for any upcoming Austrian players within the league or within their own Euros, so that way he could be able to call up and play for the Austrian national team, so he does have that in his plate. I just feel like we kind of, I feel like we could have used him for a bigger role at Manchester United, but um, to answer, and Lee, I want to get your opinion on this, uh, Paul Mitchell is supposed to be rumored uh, to be taken over and being part of the director of football job. Um, it, so if that happens, and if that happens, right, it's not a guarantee yet. Uh, it, do you feel like we're still good, especially now that Ralph taking the Austrian job? What do you think? I think there's a strength in um, in having him. Jamie touched on it. I'll piggyback off that. I think there's a strength in having him active elsewhere. Um, He's looking for players. They're looked at. That's how uh, I think United. Uh, some somebody higher up um, is would appear that they're starting to make decisions based on like we can't just buy the newest hot shit that isn't the newest hot shit player. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they've learned that uh, buys like Juan Bissaka and uh, Maguire. Um, you know, they're on like those are gigantic transfer fees. Um, I think they're uh really looking towards bringing kids up through the system, academy players, and I think having him out there, um, out watching friendlies, uh, uh, 
you know, the region he'll be in, um, like in Germany itself is, is full of young, young footballers on the way up. Um, I don't know a lot about the Austrian national team and what they churn out, but Europe in general, um, I do kind of, I, and I wondered, I wanted to ask you guys as a, a sidebar, and it's still uh, Ralph Ragnick related. I think he was brought in uh, to get a database and to get a dossier and what does this team really need and who are these players and who needs to go. And, and I think it just worked out that the team collapsed around it. Uh, I, unfortunately, we had to go through this season all the pain and have almost really nothing to be excited about um but i think it was necessary and i could because could you have imagined if we were fourth place third place you know second place even god i don't know how we would have pulled that off but in a world where we hadn't come crashing back to earth and now they're handing out contracts to people that are shit you know, everybody kind of, is it possible that people have shown their true colors here? We've got yeah. to see it. Ralph, Ralph snuffed them out. Yeah. Well, we don't what know. What you is. We don't know because like when um, that, that person is a curse word in my podcast, but we kind of have to say it because we all, we all blamed the previous managers, uh, you know, coaching staff and him. Uh, we all thought that because the players weren't coached properly, or were motivated from the training sessions. We felt like that's why they kind of went down a level. But I think Ralph just showed us who what the problem really is. Go on, Jimmy. My bad. I just want to put that out there. We no, no, no. That if it's, I think it's bus or maybe's now for this season. Uh, if if I'm reading what you're saying right, is, do you think that he's done the job he's been brought in to do? Is that, is that I think that's what so. you're saying? Uh, isn't it? Well. I, I was kind of asking if maybe now um, hindsight being 2020, we can look back at it and see, ah, oh, because all of a sudden he came out and he had that big press conference. And in the, in that press conference, like they were broken up in two parts. And the first one had me want more like a motherfucker. And he yeah, had yeah, all definitely. these sort of barbs and, and statements about players and about the way things had been. And it, like, I think he's, he's exposed what we need to clean clean out of the team and, and like the culture in the team yeah i think you're right i think you're right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but we we, we think, don't know yeah. I, I think it's gonna go one of two ways in it so if it goes really well um you know i get back to some sort of form and he does provide a couple of austrian uh, young austrian players that look that look pretty decent it'll be the greatest move that's ever happened in football if it looks like we're on a slippery slope People are going to start saying, "What's that cunt rag Ralph Nick doing?" Yeah, That's what, was, what, what doing. was the point of bringing him in? But one thing exactly. I want—I want to say as well. Um, I felt like I believe the board are listening to Ragnick, and maybe the Ten Hag appointment is evident of that. Uh, because we all knew Ralph was a big fan of, of Ten Hag coming in at Manchester United, and they said Ralph was the influence, and you know they they listened to his input on that decision making. Um, who knows, like maybe they him being a consultant and whether or not we like that title um maybe it's just something that John Merton and Darren Fletcher are actually willing to put the eagle to the side and actually this is the guy who's been a, a director of football so like I said we could use Jamie the Austria scenario or just him being a consultant um especially if they get Paul Mitchell in there I, I, I do feel like 
the structure could be on his way back intact. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean, Paul Mitchell could be the, the, the you know, a, a really big piece to the puzzle, couldn't it? I mean, Oh, for sure. Everyone seems to rate him really highly for Monaco. And I've seen there was a massive buzz on social media when it looked like that um, they might be doing some sort of deal. So I think, like you say, the club's lacked a structure for, well, for as long as I can remember, really. Um, and I think, like, if you've got, if you've got, if you if your club is surrounded by football people, and like you say, the, the Ralph Ragnick on the the consulting and the Paul Mitchell on what would essentially be director of football, wouldn't it? And then um, your Ten Hag as your manager. There's a lot of real footballing people. Um, and then oh, yeah. throw that in with like, throw that in with youthful talent and then a bit bit of bit of a transfer kitty and then Ronaldo. You'd think yeah. that the jigsaw was coming together, wouldn't you, really? I mean, we never know yeah. what's going to happen with United. You could wake up tomorrow and become something completely different. But it looks like the pieces are coming together. Um, yeah, little by little. Slowly but surely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, nah, because if they do... Took... Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, nah, because like, uh, I'll be quick on this one, Lee, is just, I-, I feel like if they could get those pieces of the puzzles together, like Demi said, getting informed to Ralph being more involved and actually being listened to as a consultant... I feel like they could make us believe again, especially for next season, because we wouldn't have to write the next season off, but if we could see progression, I think us fans wouldn't complain. Well, we're we're pretty close to getting, like, our Klopp or our our Pep Guardiola. I don't want to put Ten Hag up, uh, up against those guys right away, but he's committed. He's mm-hmm. into every aspect of, of managing, coaching, the philosophy this that oh yeah he doesn't he doesn't have a, um like if we just i'm not trying to shit on pochettino but like pochettino he comes in what does he bring right with ten hog it, it's open he's he's known to get the young players going he's mm-hmm. built two teams at ajax yeah uh silverware will come if you're competitive you know, I want trophies just as bad as anybody else, but I also watched us for the better part of this year just be fuck, like completely insignificant against teams that, like, if you'll look, I wonder if anybody, we need a stat guy, but I was wondering today because I was listening to uh, the Two Robbies podcast and they were talking about uh, relegation scrap, the, the relegation scraps that are going on right now. And I'm wondering how many, if there's a correlation between how many points United dropped to some of those teams that are like, you know, below 10th that have really like decentralized and made a powder keg of all that that's come from United and not, you know, there's so many times as three points turn to one, you know, or there's these teams that are lower in the table that like this shitty performance that United put on this year, they're half responsible for the mess at the bottom, you know, but I did want to make the point too. Um, if you look at the way it was just, some, they, they got a new man manager at Newcastle and they're like, what they're the best team in the premiership statistically, or uh, they've made the most points since they brought the new manager in there. If, if I'm a little off, don't quote me. They can get at me on Twitter. That's cool, too. Um, yeah. 
I, yeah. I, I really think that Ten Hag coming in, it, it can do nothing but positive. And I, I remember saying this about Ragnik too, like it can't get any worse. But now it really can't get any worse. No, I can't. You had yeah. the summer window as well as, um, especially if the structure gets back intact because we'll have players leaving. Um, I believe that he will have a big influence of, of who actually comes in, Ten Hag. So I, I think if we give him the keys to run it, um, I, I feel like he could be successful. Um, like And like you said, he's built two teams. He came, Ten Hag came in 2017 and we all remember the, the, the 2019 semifinal Ajax team. Um, and, you know, he rebuilt that again. So, who, who like I said, we will never know. Um, the transfer has to be on point. And now I actually want to move on because we're going to still talk about transfers. Uh, this is part of the last segment of this show. Uh, Matt Judge, uh, who is the chief or ex-chief of negotiations. And then this one, guys, Jamie Lee, you – we could pinpoint how many players this guy has got into the club and, and how it went wrong. But he's resigned. I want to get you guys' opinion on it, and then I want to see what are the solutions for uh, the team to move forward and how big of, uh, of an impact this has at the football club. Uh, Damien, uh, Matt Judge is gone. Uh, if you could tell us, you know, his tenure, uh, his, his achievements, if there's any or failures, what do you think of it? Let it all out. Well, um, for me, he's, he's part of the problem as opposed to the solution. So mm-hmm. he's obviously part of some of the biggest deals that's ever happened in the club, which mm-hmm. is, I suppose, an achievement in himself, in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also part of problems, you know, like signing Pogba's, renewing Pogba's deal for an amazing amount of money when he's... Or attempting cool. to, yeah. Attempt it, you know, trying to, you know, signing Marcus Rashford on a £250,000 a week contract when they probably could have got him for 120, you know, paying 80 million for Maguire. It's just, it's just a yeah, this ridiculous. Isn't football amount manager, of money. FIFA manager, yeah. crazy with, you know. You know, so yeah, he brought players in and selling Lukaku again, probably for 80 million was a great achievement, but he was also responsible or, for buying Lukaku for a James, ridiculous or amount of money. Or Daniel Dan James. James. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you think of it in football terms, he isn't a football person. So, no way. if, for example, and so he will negotiate a deal, he will not know whether this person is talented or not. You know what I mean? What in the fucking so, Black Pearls are they thinking having someone <laughs> at one of the biggest football clubs in the world who isn't a football guy negotiating their contracts? Uh, well, if I, I was I, listening correctly. It's, I think of it like, I don't know if you've ever seen that film Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a good, good movie. I think what obviously I don't know how it works because I don't work at Old Trafford, but the only way I can physically explain it would be like there is a group or uh, almost like a, a gang of individuals, yeah, that sit around the table and will go through players that they they need to sign. Uh, I'm assuming the manor, manager has some sort of input, and he'll say can you get me a centre-back? And then they'll go through it and say, well, we can get you Ronaldo. 
do you want do you want him? You know, or we've gone through the stats and so say you wanted say you wanted Sergio Ramos, you as a manager would go to this group of individuals because it can't we don't have a director of football. So you would usually go for a director of football if you were the manager, but you don't and Murtaugh doing the deals with Woodward or what's supposed to be believed. So I'm assuming the manager goes to them and says, listen, I'd like you to sign Sergio Ramos. It's going to cost 80 million. They will then send out their analyzers and they will go through stats and statistics and say, well, we can get this guy who's got a very similar rating to Sergio Ramos, um, but instead of costing us 80 million, it's going to cost us 40. And that's your money ball sort of scenario in football. I think that's why they signed Eric Baylor. I think we wanted a huge presence at the back and they signed Eric Baylor, the same as why they signed Lindelof. Um, and then eventually come to Maguire. So they signed two discount centre-backs and then they thought, right, we fucked up too many times. Let's go and pay the big money. City want Maguire. We are going to now sign him for 80 million. And yeah. I think it's he, he, he and Woodward and... That little group of, of of individuals that sort of control the transfer, I call it the transfer cartel, is is the reason why we have so many uh, huge deals, but um, so little direction or scope. I mean, I don't know if you heard it today. I was watching the game with Sky Sports, but Gary Neville said it right at the very start of the game. He said, it feels like it's an end of an era with, with one matter leaving. He said, and what I found when Juan Mata signed, he signed Juan Mata and Fellaini at the same time. He said, and it, the two didn't seem to gel. And he said, it, it wasn't that the, the bad players. It's just that you can't have a system that consists of Juan Mata and Fellaini in the same eleven. It's like chalk and cheese. Do you know what I mean? They do not, don't matter where yeah. you put them on the pitch. They you won't complement one another. Exactly, and I think him leaving and eventually Woodward leaving, the only person in the world who's ever left a job and then consulted for the same company for fucking however long, even though he said he was leaving. I think hopefully, you know, with Phil Mitchell coming in or someone like that, um, or John Mitchell, um, that will that will end that type of approach and bring in this new era of Ragnick and Ten Hag and um, what's his face and. Uh, we, you can use it as a springboard of actually being like a real big football club and approaching transfer dealings like a real football club. And all those people will sit down together and they'll say, right, do you want a centre-back? Yeah, well, I really like this guy. Okay, we're going to try and do the deal for that. Uh, just, uh, I know I can go on about it, but uh, um, another thing I always, you know what I mean? Like, this is the big thing. thing. I always know. Better now. Yeah, well, a big thing I've noticed is that Transfer dealings at Old Trafford always seem to be like easy deals, what I would call easy deals. So I get it. No, no deal is an easy deal because you're dealing with agents and players and oh, you yeah. know families and moving and money. But if you look down the line, you I've read Alex Ferguson's book, and when Alex Ferguson wanted a player, Alex Ferguson was part of the selling. So he would. Prime players. I don't know if you remember a player used to play for Auxerre called Philip Mexes. He was a fucking absolutely brilliant centre-back. He played in Italy. But what yeah. they did was they used to send Philip Mexes United shirts every year 
every time a new top come out from the age of about 40. He used to prime him because yeah. he wanted him so badly. Yeah. I remember reading the thing about Darren Fletcher. So when Darren Fletcher was was a youth player, Alex Ferguson drove to his house. I said, don't sign for these, sign for us. We want you, you know. Mm-hmm. It was all part of, of the experience of signing players. He did Whereas if the you same look thing at players, with the Abstam. Exactly the same, mate. Yeah. yeah. And if you if if you look at players that have been done since Ferguson that since Ferguson's left, one matter. He was on a transfer list, mate. Chelsea didn't want him. Mourinho was there beforehand and he saw and he wanted rid of him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? A lot Fellaini, of failures. He already had he, yeah, mate. Look at Maguire. Maguire was already out the door. You know, all these all these deals were easy deals they didn't have to go out and away most of the time the players was ready to leave and then the other time they just offered them a huge amount of money to get the deal over the line yeah yeah this past year this past off season yeah they're either only the big gigantic deals they don't fight it out with anybody for certain players well look at the young players that they signed you know like Ahmad and that Silvestre and that they didn't. They paid and they did pay thirty six million for Ahmad. Yeah, you know, and then uh, it's an enormous another... amount of money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ahmad, that's not. He's the he's at Rangers right now. Yeah, he's having a terrible time. That's D- D- yeah. right? Yeah, he's having and like. Yeah. But that's that's not that's and Palestri's yeah. on loan. Yeah, but that that that's all not these players that they were supposed to uh, be building the future with. It, uh, like I understand that's what you do. You move them out so they can get some playing time and stuff like that. But there's like no intention of bringing them back, or like you don't even hear their name bandied about. Yeah, or... exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't see that as being like um, football savvy or skillful. You know, at your job, anyone can go to any at any club and offer them a huge amount of money, and then offer the player a huge amount of money in return. That isn't. That's not like. All they've basically done is gone round all the big, all the little clubs in Europe and look for the best players, and then gone right. We'll give you all the money that we can give you for all these mm-hmm. players, and then hopefully one of them will come good, and then we'll look brilliant. And what's actually happened is none of them have looked brilliant, and they've just shelled out a shitload of money. Well, that's yeah. and they've not, not got lucky scouting. with it. Yeah, yeah. Not got lucky with it. Yeah, I think and they I were. Think I think again, they were just afraid, though, bro, because like you said it with the buy and in the law situation, like. We got two this kind of center backs. It did not work out. I want to get players that will be in, like that. I have done in the prem that have a good probability of you know being successful at Manchester United. Not actually you know getting the manager's veto on whether or not it will fit the system. And I think that's where we failed. Just not getting the manager's definitely. It's just not a foot. It's just not a football footballing approach, is it? It's not what massive clubs do. If you look. I don't like to compare myself to City or any, and Liverpool and that, but if you look at Jurgen Klopp's track record for signing players, it's fucking amazing. It's absolutely out of this world. And it's I just think how that's somehow big... works every single time. Every time, mate. Every... <laughs> and it, and it, it, yeah. it can only be that they're doing it based on football. Like, I personally feel like they spent a shit ton of money on Jota, and I thought, that's a waste of money. And he looks fucking brilliant. So yeah. they've obviously sat down together as a footballing as a footballing entity, sat down with a manager and said, "Listen, we need to be building for when Salah leaves, when Mane leaves. This is your budget. This is what we need to work on. These are the players you've identified. Let's see if we can put the deal together." They've not just gone right. We need a big splash. 
Yeah. Spend a shitload of money on Maguire. Panic buy. You know, yeah. or, exactly, mate. Exactly. So I think, yeah, uh, just to reiterate your point from earlier, him leaving is a good thing. And it, again, it ends, it seems to be the end of a, an old regime that I think everyone would be glad to see the back of. Yeah, it's it all about replacing like almost, It would almost be like they were all so like-minded. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, they're all friends, aren't they? Apparently they're friends. Yeah, so yeah like Mertz the old and boys. Woodward are friends. Yeah. yeah, that's right. A bit yeah. of a boys club. All and right. maybe, maybe him coming in now, um, or whomever comes in, um, would have a different approach to it. I mean, if if you look at if you look at the top, the Premier League is what really matters. I mean, Europe matters too, but for the most part, hey, look, uh, the top two teams in the Premiership right now uh, are probably both going to the finals uh, yeah, of the, the Champions best, yeah. League. If the you look at both those teams, probably in the world, easy. Yeah, probably in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you look at those teams, they got two starting 11s. Like yeah. they just Liverpool. It's it's fucking maddening to watch. Yeah, yeah. And you look at that team that was out on the pitch today. There isn't one play. Maybe Ronaldo would crack the lineup in one of those two teams. Possibly. But, uh, yeah, is there anybody yeah. out there? Maybe, maybe Varane. Maybe you could look at it and say like. City spent a shitload of money because they spent enormous amounts of money on goalkeepers and and basically just got them out and just got more in. But it seems to have been that once he found his balance, it'd be like, how can we be replaced for, you know, for what's he called, Fernandinho? He's brilliant as a fantastic uh, defensive midfielder. How are we going to replace him? And they just got Rodri out of nowhere. And Rodri yeah. looks just as good as him. Now that There's a is, lot of luck football. It's just, that's just, Good footballing knowledge, good, good scouting, good, good yeah. uh, director of football, good management, all good working management, together. Yeah. yeah, and again, we we wouldn't have that because the transfer cartel just buy who they want to fucking buy. <laughs> yeah, with that, even yeah. the manager's veto. And like the thing is too, uh, Jamie, and so, and sometimes it goes wrong. Even the top managers get the transfers wrong. It's not Definitely. something that. It's not something that goes. Um, you know, all well for them, you know, Pep, but he, he got the goalkeeper. I think he brought Bravo and realized, oh, he's not good enough. I'm going to go get Ederson. Exactly. It happens all the time. Fergie got a couple of transfers wrong. It happens, but... Loads, man. Loads. Exactly. How you recover is what matters. And our board just did what they want. Sometimes um, ignore the manager's uh, systems and their plans. And it just, you know, if they, not all of them tick together. It's just bound to fail. Go on, Lee. My bad, but is that, that's the There's truth. A, no successes in all failures, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, right, like yeah. Uh, we were looking at two additions in this past off season, Varane and Sancho coming in as being like some revolutionary players in our system. Yeah, and uh, if if by the end of the season you're looking at both of them and you're like, okay, with the injuries uh, Varane sustained. And with what went on with Sancho in a slow start, but fairly successful. And then, then the other addition was, um, I mean, a goalkeeper, but he was just kind of a, like a third stringer, right? And then, of course, Ronaldo. But I think it was the best window that they've had, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, was it something that we needed? Knowledge, you know? Yes. Um, you know, 
I remember when we were rumored to get Trippier and it was okay, we need a right back, but we don't need a right back. Well, apparently we needed a goddamn right back. And I wonder if I was I've often wondered about the the center defensive mid or like the holder. Like I guess there wasn't really anybody readily available that would have been a, a planet smasher like we need back there. That's true. But they made no no attempted changes. So they must have been like, we really, we maybe the maybe the whole approach was we need to see what they what these guys can do. And you know, a lot of them are going to be getting scalped. I, I can't imagine many of them, but you can't you can't make that many subtractions and at the same time because who's going to want these players? Well, that's and that's another thing. And they're all on big money because of because of the likes of John Murta signing contracts, not wanting players to leave for free transfers. Yeah, right. um, and but then look at I mean Martial prime prime example huge contract no one wants him He's, Phil Jones Seville do not want him Phil Jones another prime example so they're just going to stay there on huge money and very highly unlikely getting the signs but these are the players that have no ambition of playing international football are not bothered if they win trophies are just happy to come and collect the wages well, do you really and want that type aware. of player at your club those players and those deals in a lot of cases made with those high weekly wages made so that someone can't come along and woo them away. And they do it way exactly. ahead of time. And they make those deals way ahead of time. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, you're Man- just, you're uh, Manchester United. Like if someone steals him away, now your hands aren't tied. You go and get whomever you want. Yeah. You get the alternative. It's, it, it's, yes. It's, there's always going to be somebody. It's still a destination yeah. this club, regardless and, of the fact that they haven't we haven't won any silverware in a few years. Definitely now that people see this managers there. Like I would imagine that if it's if it's remotely possible that we get the players that they're rumored that are going to come and sign just strictly off the fact that they've already played for Ten Hog, you're gonna yeah. get at least two or three of them. And a few of them are pretty impactful or mm-hmm. could be. Like if we get, they should be if they play his range. Yeah, and Anthony's a he's a right winger. Am I? Yeah, he plays right wing, right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, think they have to be coached properly as well. Like no matter how, and it's very evident for this summer transfer. No matter how big of the player you get, it had to be coached properly and fit into the system because absolutely. Even if you know we could talk about Fabinho or Rodri, them if if if, if all if oh, I forgot he's a curse word, but if the previous manager uh, <laughs> brought those kind of players into the team, would they have been successful or played as good as it did currently? Not not well, you really. Could, you, you, know? it, you, you can back up that point with Fred, can't you? You can yeah. back that, exactly what you're saying about Fred. So I used to absolutely hate Fred. Um, I've done a complete 180 on Fred. There you go. Did he not come on today or did he, or he was in the, the, one of the celebration uh, for the goal, for one of the goals. Yeah, he came like, oh, on. Fred. A bit rusty, and you know yeah. what? Right. Okay. Cause I, I kind of, I, I did the, uh, the dad business for a little while there and I kind of had him on uh, in the other room. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he could bring next year because he, when he's in a position that he's supposed to be playing or when his role is uh, to plays to his strengths, uh, he's pretty effective. 
and you won't have to go out and find somebody. And even, I don't think he's starting 11, but if he's a guy you could put on after 75 minutes or 70 minutes or whatever you want to come out there and be energetic and like, he's got a knack for the, uh, for scoring. They'll put the well, ball. He's very useful. Isn't he's it? Yes, he is. And I think yeah. he's, he's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. He can, and if you, if, if you, like you say there with your coaching, you've seen an improvement in, in his, in his, in his performance under Ralph. So, if we know you get Ten Hag and, his, and the system works, I'm sure he can apply Fred's work rate to his system. Uh, and again, you'll probably see a more, even even more productive Fred. Um, so yeah, I've got I've got to agree with what you're saying there, both you and Chris. I think we got to get some uh, young lads that want to run, or or players that want to run. Well, Langer's um, you know, you've seen Langer today. Oh, absolutely, right? he's yeah, been very good in the last little while he's um, the best and, thing to come out of this year yes absolutely um and not a typical um when supporters when the new young lad is the new like like martial was and like lingard was or rashford was where we put these young kids up on a pedestal um i think early on we were like well he's not the answer to all of our problems but he's really nice to have in past, as a support, me personally as a supporter, I've probably heaped more pressure on these players. Like they listen to me, but you understand <laughs> what I'm saying is, all yeah, of a yeah. sudden, uh, Tony Marshall is he's the shit. He's the guy. He's the straw that stirs the drink. And yeah, yeah, meeting those expectations is there's only a couple players in the world are, that are really spot on all of the time. Or or would meet that expectation as twenty two years old or twenty like they were, you know. Mm. You, the kid just turned twenty years old the other day, and yeah, as bad as this team is, uh, you know, the fan base or supporters and all those guys would, if if he was more, I think if he had more success this year would have been sort of to his detriment. Um, well, he could have sealed his like, ego with, with, yeah, with the like players that, they've got. And long term, and then what's expected of you? And then he's not able to develop the way, you know, a, a meteoric rise isn't always what's best for uh, young players, because yeah. then, you know, it, it. Once you're Cristiano Ronaldo, not I'm not saying that uh, Alanga is supposed to be that. Once Cristiano Ronaldo was Cristiano Ronaldo, nothing else was acceptable. You yeah, know, that's true. Yeah. Whereas Alanga now career. has the opportunity of. He's, it, you, there's a lot to make. You have to then have to maintain those results. Um, so, so that's for the manager, I, isn't I, it? He was a, 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 very, a very, absolutely. And, and I Ralph think props for that. Ten Hag, yeah. Oh, because he, he pulled him right out of the reserves nigh on, did he not? Yeah, and like you say, you saw a treated him with kid gloves, hasn't he? So he's not... He's not overexposed him and he's not underexposed him. He's played him when he needed to and he's allowed him to shine to a certain degree. And then, like you say, could argue that maybe when it looked like he was going one way, he's dropped him, brought him back down to earth and kept him hungry. Kept him on a short leash, so to speak, I, I think. Excellent. Like yeah, very like good keep point. It, keeping the young players hungry is that's a positive thing. I, I think uh, I'm very... I hate the off season because there's no footy on the telly, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get into whatever this, uh, the system's going to be or 
where they're going to play, whom they're going to play at what times and, and who's going to stay and who's going to go. Um, I, I don't think there's ever, for me personally, I don't think there's ever been a team where there was so many players that I couldn't stand by the end of a, a season. Or it's like, oh, this guy again. You know, I, know, uh, I used to joke about it being McTominay and Fred, but um, most of them are, they nauseate me. <laughs> I understand what you mean. I just, it, there's just two games left now. I, I'll be glad when it's over and then you can sort of get to, get to grips with the, the, the new regime, shall we say. I mean, they did finish the year with basically the whole defense has done a complete, like they just, it's been flipped on its head. Yeah. Like neither of the two fullbacks were starters at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Like your center back pairing today and in the past, when if, if Varane was hurt, like you're not even playing any of your There's no Shaw. Yeah, no, like, no, no, uh, Bisaka. No that's wild. Hmm? Pretty wild, yeah. considering you know these are your players that are most ex- your most expensive players, and it is a money thing because well, you could like I don't want to get into it, but the uh, Lindelof was signed, so um, Virgil went somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. You know, awesome. I know you're not the biggest Van Dyke guy, but like those are the deals where the recruiters and the people in the positions to have players, you know, scouting and all of those things. Like a lot of that has now changed, and and hopefully we don't get fleeced for those sorts of things. I mean, making a deal for someone like Harry Maguire because he didn't want him to go to City. I don't think he would have exactly. been have been exposed the way he's been exposed in the city. Look at the way he plays at England. I'm borrowing from, you know, hearing the kickoff and and hearing yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of the other podcasts I listen to, but like everybody on this team was exposed for something this this season, and I think it was very positive. I mean, I'm haven't been losing my hair that long, but it started to go a lot quicker since I started watching a lot closer. Um, it's been a tough year, but I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a positive, a long-term positive with the short-term negative. Um, we're going to hold this out because that's a good way to put it, to be fair. Yeah. Good way to put it is a a short-term positive, so a a short-term negative for long-term positives. Yeah. It's a great way to, to describe that. Yeah. I agree. And if you look, if you look at it, it's a. Yeah, yeah you're right, because I was just yeah. going to say right. that is right now you've got to, you know, they, they say weed out the dead wood. Well, that's what you have to do now. You know, like, like, like we said, Ralph came in, I think maybe what his, his whole purpose for being there was we need to figure out who this team actually is, you know? Um, I mean, most teams have an identity. And we didn't even really have an identity when we were an Ollie team. We just kind of were like, go out and play with your heart. And that's fine. You know, kind of freewheeling in that. There wasn't a whole lot of structure. They were predominantly, um, correct me if I'm wrong, in the time that I've paid most attention, they were a counterattacking team. But then when you play someone who just 
can grind you to a halt. Like your your major competitors are the big three that we'd like to be included in. You know, the cities the you, you they couldn't really and this season was evident is they couldn't hang with them, and they were complete. The team's been completely found out. Uh, after the half of every game that we deserved, like uh, on paper, we should be smashing certain teams. They nah, figure us out. Nah, they it, turn it, us on, turn it, turn us on our back, and kill us, kill us yeah. off. Nah, yeah, exactly, very quickly, exactly, very quickly, exactly. And like, like I said, uh, we just need to clean up the mess now, and then find the long term solution in the long run. And it has to start off with getting the right, the, the right person in. Whoever's going to replace Matt to make sure that they're competent, competent enough to actually do the job and not repeat the same mistake. So um, good take on it, guys. Good take, Lee, Jamie. I do appreciate it. Um, guys, um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to come in. There was a lot to talk about. You guys bringing bring in great points of what has happened during the past week at Manchester United. I'm looking bright right now, but like I said, let's see if they could continue um, especially for next season. Obviously, the season's written off already. Um, but yeah, um, let's let's try to wrap this up nice and short. Um, any last sidebar or something quick before we wrap up? Um, Jamie, Lee, anybody? No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Awesome, Lee. Uh, anything? Short and simple, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm saddened that uh, <laughs> I'm saddened that uh, Maddich is leaving. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. You know, and, and he doesn't have the year on his list, uh, uh, on his deal left, but he, he's he's out. I, I was big old sap when I saw him coming off, and you know, Ronaldo called him back and give him a hug and all that. And it's like, well, you know, yeah, um, he's one of the players that I don't want to see go. Um, yeah. and, and like, how nice was it? A clean sheet today, uh, Cold night, yeah, very rarely in any danger. They held yeah, their shape. Um, going out on a couple wins is okay. And, you know, there's no Brentford supporters around here. I can't talk any shit, but it was nice not <laughs> to, you know, it'll be okay to look on Twitter and all that and not have to be so self-deprecating. And you can almost kind of brag just a little bit. There's <laughs> nah, not been a lot to crow about, you know what I mean? Not exactly. And one thing, too, my last sidebar, uh, my condolences is obviously an agent, a popular agent, uh, whether, whether or not we like him or not as an agent, but condolences to him, to Mino Viola, who's passed away. Um, yeah, RIP. Yeah. Um, to him and his family, obviously, it's, it's something big, um, something that, of course, none of us want to encounter. But uh, just a little shout out to that. Um, and yeah, always 54, Chris. I, I believe so. 54, that's very young man, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty sad. Like you said, he wasn't always our favorite, but he's an agent. He's not supposed to be. He's like a lawyer. Yeah. He's, <laughs> well said, Chris. Exactly. He's, he's supposed to be there for the for the players. So, so um, yeah. Um, and one thing, too, I do want to make out. Um, congratulations on Fergie Timers at Twitter. We we're past 150. Jamie, thank you so much for uh, for that hard work. Um, and thank you to the community as well for showing the support. Uh, this thing would not be possible without you guys. Uh, we started this a couple months ago, and we're looking to go big, especially when we go on YouTube as well. Um, so, yeah, big up to the community. Uh, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, me, for being part of the show. Um, and as always, follow us, on, 
Yes. Follow us on Twitter, Fergie Timers. Um, be on the lookout on the Fergie Timers Facebook uh, page, um, on Twitter as well. And yeah, YouTube's going to come in soon. So be on the lookout for that. So, yeah. Everybody's going to have to get a haircut, look nice, dress nice. <laughs> yes. I don't have my own space to shoot this. I know that Jamie's doing this in the car. Yeah. I might do, my, my wife runs an aesthetics business. So a lot of times I'm downstairs. I got like a little fireplace behind me. I look like I, I got my shit together, but it's really just because she has her shit together. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to, maybe I'll have to do it from the car and drape the supporter scarf uh, back the car or something like that. Exactly. But like I said, we're going to go big. So like I said, uh, yeah. so much. this includes our show. And as always, onwards and upwards. So on to the next That's one, it. guys. All right. See you later, guys. Uh, see you guys.